I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Ali, great to be with you, sir. Yes, as well with you, Dwayne. I'm sorry if I cough today and just got a little congestion and uh, I'll try to mute myself if I go into a coughing fit. <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, <laughs> got the residual uh, COVID cough, huh? Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I was nervous. I wasn't sure like whether, you know, I told people I didn't feel well. They're like, oh, I hope you get better. Like right away, COVID comes. I didn't even tell people that I, I got, you know, positive tests on COVID and and got sick, but people right away jumped to that conclusion. Like right oh, away, sure, why not? You know, so I'm ner- I, I was nervous. Do I make it public knowledge? I don't want my students freaking out, or you know, uh, not coming back to the dojo because I had it. You know, that kind of thing. Yep, yep. But but you're all clear, and, and you know, you haven't been in there for a while, anyways. So no, no, I w- I hadn't been in. I, I was wasn't in my school like for a week prior to me getting a positive result, and then it's been. 10, 12 days, 13 days since then. So it's almost like three and a half weeks since I've been in my school. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. It's still so running. How in the world does that happen? I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky, I guess. Like, isn't it interesting? Like I say to myself, like we were just talking before we went on air um, about retirement and you're like, I, I don't want to retire. I, I love my life. Like, you know, I guess, you know, people, people that retire, and, and by the way, you remember like five years ago, six years ago, I was burning out, right? Yes. And I'm like calling you up and like, Dwayne, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just sell it all and I'll be able to live forever happy without any pressure. Uh, but then I got back into really loving my school and loving what I did. And now I, I don't know if I'd have to retire because if I could take off for a month and not have it affect me and have everything run amazingly well, why don't I just do that a few times a year, go go away on vacation or stay at home and, you know, work from home. It's, there's no real need for it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking about retiring, I mean, uh, we're, we're into the summer months now. So yeah, it's, it's relaxation mode, right. For most, most of our clients. And so this is usually the lull in the martial arts industry. And so the, the, the summer blues, yeah, uh, and, and how we titled this today, you know, the summer blues comes into effect. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about summer and expectations and, you know, uh, those type of things. So uh, yeah. where, where do you want to lead this conversation off first? I, you know, that's an interesting thing, right? Because first off, we could be talking to very different communities at the same time right now as we speak. Australia is just going into winter. So yesterday I had my coaching call with my client in Australia and we're talking about strategies because that's their winter time now. Um, And, you know, so it it almost seems like I want to say the one thing about this is that we always have to be marketing. We always have to be on top of getting new students. And we do know that there are certain times that we're up and we're down. I don't know if you find this, Dwayne, but is it like in your area, is it as predictable as it used to be? Like, remember, it used to be like, Wintertime is slow. New Year's is busy. Summertime is slow. The fall is busy. Like nowadays, it almost seems like none of that really has any, we can't really correlate what those times are like. Do you find that to be a little bit harder? 
Um, I, I agree. I agree with your statement. Um, I, back in the day, it, there was those influxes. So you had, you had that happening, but I, I, I will say that, you know, because of that, we did, we did things to make sure that, that those things didn't happen. So, you know, the karate for Christmas idea so that, you know, our winters would be full of people, the karate right. for summer, uh, campaigns, um, so that, that the summer would be full, even if it was at a lower price, we would still, you know, not feel, not right. feel like we were, you know, not doing anything. Right. Um, you know, cause I don't know about you, there was, before I implemented those things, there were summers that you, I'd walk in and I, I would, I would freak out, go, where is everybody? Mm -hmm. You know, now the majority of the money was still coming in. They were just taking vacations and doing private lessons and, you know, not hitting all their classes like they should be. Right. But in my head, there was supposed to be 30 people on that floor and there was only, you know, 18 to 20 and you start freaking out. So there's part of that too, that, but so, uh, yes, I agree with your statement, but I think that times, times have changed a little bit, but not so much that, that, that it still isn't that predictable because I do think it is still predictable. We still have those spikes, of course. Right. Right. Um, they just may not be as uh, high as spikes, but I also don't know that we as school owners are doing everything that we did before we're relying mostly on the internet now and yeah and we're, we're not doing the newspapers the radio stations the the booths uh the carnivals uh look most of us aren't doing those things anymore you know, that's, at least from what that's i know that's interesting because um when we did the martial arts summit i did that thing with gil Katz. we had a week long of training where we had Stephen Oliver, Tom Petiri, Jeff Smith, you know, uh, Matthew Brennan. Uh, and, and one thing, though, that that stood out with Stephen Oliver, he, he said exactly what you just said. He said, you know, yeah, that everyone has turned towards the easy marketing, which is Facebook marketing, Google AdWords, because when you say it's eagle, easy marketing, you just throw money at it and then you hire the professional and they do all the work and then hopefully you get the leads. And by the way, this is what's difficult for those guys as well. If you don't get the leads, what do we say? They suck at internet marketing, right? So we're mad at them. We don't look at the special and the discounts and the, the pictures and the ad words and the, the write up and so on. Um, but uh, it turns even out our own follow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's a big thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a day to day basis that refuse to do what it takes to get a lead into the school, sign up for a class, try out the class and sign them up for the membership. Um, but uh, the other thing is, too, that Stephen Oliver said, he says, you know, they do a good portion of booths in movie theaters at like shows like he said, they're doing Top Gun right now. And he said, they got 350 leads over the weekend. And out of that, he said, I might sign up, let's say 30 of them, 30 of them at three, three, two to $300 a month. So that's like a $60,000 weekend for them. And uh, most of us are all sitting back going like, yeah, I'd rather just advertise on Facebook and get, and, you know, be okay with the results, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So we have to do it. I think we still should have a major marketing uh, toolbox and arsenal. And, you know, even, I don't know, lead, uh, I don't know, VIP passes. Well, what if we only get two people will say it's not worth buying the pass. I go two people times 150 a month is 300 a month times 12 months is $3,600 a year. Is it wasn't worth it to buy $150 worth of VIP passes. Right? Like, doesn't make sense, does it?
No, no, it doesn't. But I don't think that we always put the, those things in perspective. So, you know, and we're willing to, um, you know, have our summer too and not make as much money. And, and I don't right. know that we should compromise like that because then that puts us behind the eight ball by the time yeah. back to school comes around. And supposedly that's a busier time. Right. With my quote fingers. Right. Right. Um, you know, and so then you're, I don't know, your, your school is really on this life support type thing. And then you try to, you know, put the paddles on to, to yeah. get yourself a jolt and then you raise back up again, but right. then you, you know, you just, you don't keep doing the work. And it, it reminds me of, and I think I've a ton of episodes I've, I've talked about this, but it reminds me of uh, the flywheel in the book, good to great by Jim Collins. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liken the flywheel to, the price is right wheel. And so right. if you watch the price is right, you grab that wheel and, and it takes two hands to like really shove that sucker down to get it going. But, if, but once it gets going, if all you did was just kind of hit it every once in a while, just hit it. Yeah. Keep feeding the beast. Right. And uh, to use a Grant Cardone's term, keep feeding yeah. the beast. Yeah. Uh, so that way the wheel keeps going as opposed to you got to take all that momentum and energy to start it back up again. And I, and I think that's what summertime in some martial, I don't want to say all, but you know, or I don't even want to say a lot, but at least in some martial arts schools, that's how summertime is, is they just let that flywheel really, or that price is right. wheel really start to slow down almost to a halt. And then they're spending September all the way to December trying to get that sucker moving again, where if they would have just kept it going. Yeah. Hey, you know what though? What you said is so important, right? So that they're, you know, the wheel slows down and then people say, I get it. It's slow this time of year, but you, like you said, if you're only just pushing that wheel, every time it slows a bit, you keep that momentum going that's where people fall short in our industry and they don't market when, you know, so they'll, they'll be on a high, they'll, they'll be killing it. And then their momentum slows. And then all of a sudden they look at the next few months as being slow. And really it's because you stopped marketing or you stopped fly pulling that wheel. Um, so what are your thoughts? Like Frank Burgess from uh, Bermuda. He's one of my students who runs our Bermuda school, runs the school in Bermuda. He wrote with the heat, here he's talking about Bermuda comes the excuse to relax beaches. How do you curve a cultural mindset? And then now is my time to relax from everything. I, I don't want to train. I don't want to. And I, I see this. I'm sure you do too. It's summer sports have started up. Our attendance is less than it was. And like when we were the only game in town, when COVID was open and all the sports were shut, man, everyone, our dojo was like packed because there's nowhere else to go. So how do you suggest to curve that, you know, how to overcome that mindset in Bermuda? People kind of get a little lazy maybe, or, you know, they're like, they, you know, they're Bermuda time. They, you know, they, yeah. they, you know, what do you think? Well, that's, you know, t-shirt summer. That's one thing, which helps to bump your sales a little bit. Right. Right. So t-shirt summer, we always <laughs> um, went from our 45 minute class down to a half an hour. Okay. So in the summertime, it's half an hour classes. And then obviously the other, like if you're in leadership, you still have your 15 minutes afterwards. So leadership people usually have an hour class, which 45 minute is regular. And then 15 minutes is leadership. And then, but in the summer, it becomes 45 minute regular and still 15 minute leadership. So now instead of spending an hour at the studio, they're only spending 45 minutes. 
which the attention span in the summertime is a little bit more down. Um, You know, we are doing the t-shirt summer, like we said, so they're not as hot. Right. Um, You know, there's different activities that, and uh, gosh, I think we've been doing this podcast for quite a long time. There's probably a ton of ideas that we've talked about for summertime, but one of the biggest ones that um, we've done before is we actually did a kickball league. And um, each instructor had their own team. Um, and that, you know, and then if you have more instructors then you would be able to have participants, you just, you know, an instructor doesn't have a team, right. you know what I mean? And then we actually did schedules where you would, uh, you know, on Friday nights, you'd come in and it'd be a half an hour and you would play against your team. And then, you know, uh, we, we have the schedule. And then by the end of the summer at the picnic, the summer picnic, the top two teams played each other for the, the championship. Wow. So we did that with kickball. We did that with wiffle ball um, as well on a different summer. And so, the, man, those are some great, great times. So so what you're saying is, and which, by the way, just like, of course, reminds me of things that I should be doing that I forgot to do. So like what you're saying is, and by the way, the idea could be kickball. It could be, you know, whatever. And, and it's really just making the low attendance times more interesting so that people want to engage versus pull away and do other things. Right. Cause I mean, the downfall of martial arts is something else, right? So, you know, they stopped being interested in the martial arts cause they got involved with sports or they got bored with the dojo, the karate class or whatever. And now they're doing something else. So what you're saying is during and it doesn't have to be summer. It could be any time that we find there's a lull. We have to think out of the box and come up with something that will engage them, just bring them into our school and keep them going, right? So any other thoughts on other things you could well, do? Those are, yeah, those are just events, obviously, that are for your own, uh, for your own people. Um, they're not making you any extra money, except for the fact that it does help with retention. Right, right. Right. The other thing is uh, we have in the summertime, we have um, a big fish tank and uh, at the end, and I say just, I I shouldn't say big, a regular sized fish tank, but then at the end of every class, you get a ticket um, that you get to write your name on and put inside the fish tank. So we do different prizes at the end of every week. There's a prize, there's a monthly prize, and then there's a grand prize. Um, And so every time you show up to class, you actually get a ticket. And then we have like special weeks that we know just from um, uh, like past history right. that are, are usually less attended. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, so uh, the week prior to um, uh, 4th of July, the week after the 4th of July, those are double ticket attendance weeks. Okay. So let me, let me get this clear. So you're giving people tickets for showing up and then they are able to take those tickets and put them in for a prize. They write their name on it and they put it in the fish tank at the end of every week. And I have a big, big poster that's made up where I put the weeks, the weeks on there. And so whoever wins, I write their name on it and then they go to the office and get their prize. So, and then the prizes could be you know, gear packages or uh, what do you know? Yeah. So normally what I do, and you're right, you probably could do internal stuff, but what I do is um, it's a $5 gift card. So the weekly prize is a $5 gift card to um, 
uh, Oberweiss because I know the the owners of Oberweiss. Right. So what it's is an that? ice cream shop. It's an ice okay. cream shop. Um, and then the monthly prize is a, a twenty dollar, or excuse me, a ten dollar gift card. And then the grand, and that's the monthly. And so the grand prize uh, is a is a hundred dollar bill. So how much do you say you spend in making this happen? Well, there's, let's say there's eight weeks. Times five. Times five. What is that? 40. Right. And then three months. So that's 30. So, so that's a hundred dollar bill. So just under 200. That's ingenious though. Like, so some people might be out there going like, I'm not going to pay people, you know, like I don't want to spend money. Like I have clients that are, are like so adverse to spending money because they think that spending money costs them money, but they don't like, look what you're doing. You're creating such a, and even if it's just the ones that were on the fence, you're, you're keeping them active. It's worth a hundred and freaking $70, right. Or whatever it is. Yeah. And then we do double tickets on other days too, that are, um, dress up days. So one might be a hat day. One might be your favorite color day. Another one is, uh, swim goggles day. You know, you wear swim goggles in class. Um, and then, so if you participate in those special event days, you also get a double ticket. Okay. So that's great though. And it's just fun. You know, um, we even do a mustache day, uh, you know, so the kids come in with a mustache. Um, gosh, there's just, you know, you can just think of different events. You yeah. Know I, mean? I mean, I, I used to do crazy days in summer and I would always alternate the day of the week. So like one day was a Tuesday, next day was a Wednesday, just in case people don't come on those days. And we would do crazy hair day. We would do backwards clothing day. We would do street clothes, self-defense day. We would do backwards day where everything we did was in reverse. Um, we would do uh, face painting, all crazy stuff. And you know, look like even if you'd have only 15 out of the 30 that came to class participated, it's just something, you know, something extra just to yeah. make it fun. And all uh, we call it know. is summer of fun. That's it. Yes. Summer fun days or crazy summer fun, fun uh, crazy uh, summer days or whatever. Yeah. So summer. those are just some things, again, to keep your current clients engaged, yeah. um, you know, to to show up and, and, and want to come in now all that being said, I mean, if you want to do some revenue generating ideas, then you can, right. you know, do those things as well. Um, but yeah. you know, the biggest thing is to keep your, your, your current clients happy. I mean, I think that's vitally important. You know, and then I was, when we did this, this seminar and I was listening to Jeff Smith, um, you know, he said, he said a few things that are literally like, in my opinion, common sense, but I think that are overlooked at times from school owners. So he said, number one, he says, you always should be planting the seed. So what he meant by that was that you can't have a harvest at the end of the season if you didn't plant a seed in the early spring. So he said that if you're not looking to keep people longer or get them to their next belt, if you're not planting those seeds all along, eventually they're going to fall off track, right? So I thought that was a pretty interesting comment that he said. Um, He said that you always have to reward performance. And um, he said that, you know, remain, uh, you know, renew someone when, when they're looking to really, you know, when they're looking to move up or get better, he says, that's when you reward performance and then you renew their energy, right? You get them back into the motivation. And the last comment that he made, which I thought was amazing, he says that students will rot on the vine. 
meaning like, you know, <clears throat> if the, you just leave them on a piece of an apple or an orange unpicked for months, it's not going to get better. It's eventually going to rot and die. So he says, if you're not constantly doing things with these people and motivating these people and setting goals and making it fun, inevitably they're going to quit. It's literally like a recipe. You know, you know very well what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? So some of us, I don't think, and I might even fall into this, you know, I forget that I have to really maintain my students. I got to really stay on top of them. And, you know, the things that you had mentioned are all great ways to keep them excited, you know, rather than spending the whole summer in their pool and then not wanting to come back in the fall. Yeah. And then, I mean, you could even do a summer challenge where um, it could be a workout challenge um, and you could set something up where, you know, it, it's on the honor system, of course, but, you know, you, you have different workouts that they have to do and, and even do a video of them doing it and submit the video type thing, you know, where right. it's training outside of the training that they're already doing right. type thing. And, and then some sort of prize or some sort of, you know, accolade that they get, you know, at the yeah. end of, at the end of the summer. Well, you know, what's interesting where we're using zoom still every single class we do is, is on zoom. Um, do a lot of our students do Zoom classes? No. In fact, some of the ones that were just Zooming as students, as a Zoom student, are mostly all gone now. I had a few that were for Florida. One of them at least travels back and forth um, and uh, trains with us in person, then trains on Zoom. Um, but I had a few that were just Zoom students. They eventually quit. However, um, you can make a Zoom challenge. Like if people are on vacation and they're in, I don't know, let's pretend they're in Disney have themselves film the kata and send it to you or or they could they could do their class from the disney hotel or pool or whatever the case may be get them more involved through zoom and then turn that into a challenge yeah absolutely right rather than taking well, off we're away let's do it that's what we did with this uh this martial arts athlete i remember that that was a challenge. good program are you doing yeah, it again we did a six weeks. We're not doing it this summer, but we did a six week uh, challenge series with that. And that was based upon um, uh, Hyper. What uh, I can't think of his name. Roland Osborne. Roland Osborne. They Who just had a, a baby, by the way. Oh, his did he? just had a baby. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, it was it was uh, crafted after, you know, him. Right. You know, right. Um, I I bought into his program. But I did it my way. I didn't. I didn't uh, shoot. I didn't uh, do these videos. I, well, I actually, what I did was I just did a week, a week after him. So okay. then I could see what he was doing the week before, and and then I put my own stuff in some other ones too, just because there were some things that I wanted to do. And yeah, we and and it was we. These T-shirts were made up because uh, these were some of the prizes for uh, some of the participants. Okay. I remember when you did that, that was a big success for you. That was, that was outstanding. So let me go, let me kind of slide down the negative hill a bit and, and bring up some negative stuff and see what your thoughts are on it. So, um, I found that a lot of the parents that, and their, and the students are like, Hey, well, we go away for the summer where, when they only really go away for maybe a week on one month, a week, another month, or two weeks in total, but they don't want to pay 
the full month of tuition. Right. So they are like, Hey, pause my membership. And you know, we'll be back after the summer. And I, I have a saying in the, in, in the dojo that breaks equals quits. So you take a long enough break. There is no way. I, I have to tell you, I've been, I haven't been in my dojo three and a half weeks. I'm like, oh, I've got to go back tonight. You know, like, I'm like, maybe I could take another day off. I'm coughing. Maybe I should take off another, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, once you fall out of routine, it's very difficult to get back in. So what are some of your thoughts on a parent saying that to you? Like, hey, Dwayne, we're going to probably take off for the summer, freeze our membership. Do you freeze memberships? Do you encourage them to not do it? Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, of course, we encourage them not to do it. But, um, yeah, I have I have a few that, that are taking the summer off. That couldn't stop them. Right. You know, most of those uh, are actually moving from our five and six-year-old up into the seven uh, and up class. And so, um, you know, it, it actually kind of makes sense for them <laughs> to, to, <laughs> yeah. to kind of do it, although they, they're going to be three months behind. I'm doing my quote fingers. And what right, they right, 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 yeah. But that's not going to be that big a deal. So, um, I, you know, and then the other thing is I, I used to fight for those things. So I used to go, oh, no, no, we don't do that. Um, you know, let's just fill in with private lessons. And of course I tell them that, well, we're going to be, cause what do they say? Well, we're going to be gone. We're vacationing the week of 4th of July. And I go, great. So are we, we're closed for the 4th of July. So, you know, right. Johnny's not going to miss that. Yeah. But then we've got two other vacations that are scheduled. That's not a problem because just like we do in, during the school year, you know, if Johnny was sick for a week, we just, you know, schedule uh, private lessons to make those up. And so, we do our due diligence of explaining that, you know, it's better for him to do the makeup classes than it is for him to be, you know, get out of the right. routine. We talk, we, I, I probably say pretty close to what you say with regards to taking breaks equals quits in most right, occasions. Right. right. Um, very rarely do students come back. Um, so if you really want, you know, Johnny to have this momentum and I understand that you as a parent probably want a break too. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of want a break as well. And, <laughs> And that's why I say, and that's just why we, you know, we, we, we don't do a full hour class in the summertime. You know, we bring it down. We try to help you out with that, you know, just, and I, but I don't fight like I used to. I just kind of let it happen. Right. So, so then, yeah, I guess like we've gotten kind of callous when it comes to trying to change people's mindsets because it's it, sometimes it's just not worth the energy and, you know, so really what I'm hearing is like, yeah, we could maybe talk one out of five out of out of stopping for the summer um, and spend such time on that one person. Maybe can, you know, not let them stop or we could focus on the things that are going to make people want to come more often and be there. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, the, the real issue is not the fact that, you know, we're going to try to talk them into staying. The real issue is we we did not do our due diligence to make sure that the kids like no I don't want to miss like mom right. what are you what are you doing I I need to go you know that type right. of thing. Well, isn't it always where you know I have my um my one product that I sell a lot of called the red carpet premiere and it basically talks about you know we can have a really nice flyer we can have a really cool event we can have a really um, you know, exciting day plan. But if people don't know what it is and want to go, 
it's nothing but meaningless, meaning, meaningless words on a page or hype that, you know, the instructors are going. So like, for example, if we've ever done any kind of event, if the teachers, my black belts are not behind that event, talking about how excited they are or participating, right. they're not going to, they're, no one's going to it. So like, for example, I haven't been in my dojo in that period, three and a half weeks. I haven't been there to promote the tournament that's coming this Sunday. So I have less people going to the tournament because I'm not that voice. You know, normally I'm like, Hey, Dwayne, are you going to the tournament? I don't know. She on, okay. How about you tell me on Monday? Cause I really want you to go Dwayne. It'd be really good for you to represent me at the tournament. And you know, right. like, okay, you know, put a little bit of pressure, but at the same time show that it's important that they are there. Um, teaching that. And again, I'm doing my quote fingers. Now that cultural aspect where um, service before self, support your studio, be a part of what they do, what you, you know, your dojo is doing. Like, you know, come to those events, you know, why, why aren't people as educated on that, or that support? And it's just the way our society is. What Do what's good for you when it's good for you and convenient for you. Um, so we do have to educate more on why things are important, why attendance is important, why that special event is important, etc. Oh, I couldn't agree <laughs> more. Um, and I, I, this is something that we've talked about before. Is it society nowadays? Um, or, you know, is it and and or I guess I should say and or is it us that we're not creating the culture that we want to have created? or we're not attracting the, the right culture that we want in order to, you know, get the right results that we're looking to get out of, out of our students. So, you know what though? Um, I thought a lot about that while I was kind of relaxing and recovering. And I'm like, we could very easily, like, I guess, you know, our parents, when they listen to music, of the younger generation, they go like, that's not real music. You know, people said that about Elvis, right. You know, and then they said that about kiss. So like the net, the up and coming next generation always has a different viewpoint. So when we, I believe when we blame society, um, that it could very well be true because society kind of goes in different paths, you know, at the way people act. I mean, you could just look at it now, like people are so quick to judge you and put you down on Instagram and Facebook or say negative things about your political views. And everyone would rather fight rather than just have a common conversation. Um, however, when it comes to the culture in our school, there are that pocket of people out there that are looking for what we do, but we can't have given up, right? Like if we've given up and say, ah, it's just society, we're never going to work on our culture in our school. But if people get indoctrinated into a very specific culture where everyone is supportive, they come to the events, they don't take off in the summer, they do the challenges, all those things, then that's what they're going to fall in love with. I think as school owners, sometimes we give up too easily on trying to keep that alive. And that's why, and by the way, throughout society, society has given up on many things. So of course those things disappear, right? Like patriotism, right? Like, you know, nowadays it's looked at as a very bad thing. Um, but when I was a kid, you, every day in class, you'd stand up and do the, you know, the pledge of allegiance, you know, you were, you love the United States or your culture or your country. Um, that was part of being a good person, right? Nowadays, it's almost the opposite. Yeah. So how, how do we change that? And that's my question for you. Like, how do we culturally make a shift, the paradigm shift in, the, you know, the paradigm shift in, in, you know, 
in our schools to make it so that everyone is supportive? I think this is a big question for people out there. Well, I had, I had this conversation with my head instructor at the studio because we were talking about culture and he just feels that the culture has kind of changed. And I said, you know, I don't want this to <laughs> self-serving, but, you know, I'm not there anymore. Right. And I'm not saying I'm all that, but, and he said, he said, no, no, no. He goes, what, what is it that you did that I'm not doing? And I said, that's well, great. by the way, that's an amazing question. I, I, I love this. Go. Yeah. And, and I said, I think one of the things is I don't know that you interact with the parents like I did. I right. had uh, um, uh, interaction with the parents. I knew them by name. I you know, would ask questions. Uh, we would banter back and forth. I mean, just a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. I said, you're really good with the adults. You're really good with the kids, teaching the kids and those type of things. But getting a chance to be able to go over and talk to the parents, I go, that's why I had you guys, when you're on the storm team, learn how to uh, to warm up the class. Because then mm -hmm. that allowed me that 10 minutes. wasn't a lot. Yeah. But 10 minutes over time is a lot. So yeah. that would allow me 10 minutes to go and talk to maybe one or two parents that their kid was in that class. And then the next, you know, next uh, uh, class of that week for those kids, I could go talk to one or two of the different parents. Yeah. You know? And so um, I said that was that would be first and foremost is if you want that type of culture that we've had before you need to interact with those parents. And so, um, and I, I said, you know, look, I, there's nothing against you. I said, you're, you're not me. And so that's something that you have to like go and force yourself to do. I said, you're such a machine. You get the job done. Um, and it's not that you don't like people. You just are so focused on getting the job done that sometimes you're not looking at the relationship that needs to be done. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I'm listening to it and going like, wow, like so. So in other words, too, I'll, I'll clarify some of the things that you said, um, like Dwayne or Allie, you know, they're a different type of instructor where even my students, they go, oh, my God, Shion's here. You know, like, you know, it's a different type compared to, oh, my God, Wrenchy Ryan or Mr. Bean is here. You know, there's still the respect for them. There's still the you know, uh, the training respect, you know, and all that other stuff, but they just don't have that reverence for them that they would for us. And by the way, it, as I am not there as much, that reverence is declining also. So it's like, Hey, Master Brummett, good to see you, buddy. You know, like when in your know, years ago it would be a deep firm bow and, you know, people would feel that honor just to be around you or be, you know, to be with you or to take like the, and even by the way, the word reverence is so important because it, you, when you revere somebody for whatever reason, like I am like a little school girl, not a girl, but school kid when it comes to my guitar instructor, like I just so excited the other day, I watched rock of ages with Tom Cruise. And as I'm watching it at the very end, there's my guitar teacher in the scene you know, singing the song and playing. And I'm like, that's my teacher. Like, oh my God, I even texted him. He's in Stockholm on tour with Whitesnake. Oh my God, I saw you. He's like, thanks bud, that's cool. You know, and I'm like, he he texted me back. I like, you know, like he's on tour and he, you know, like I, there's that reverence where that makes the connection for me and he, he and I 
so much deeper where like, I'm really interested in learning from him and listening to his tips of information because I have that reverence. And I think that that's tougher for the, even for the younger generation, Mr. Bean, Wrenchy Ryan, my guy, your guy to even accept being treated that way. So they blow it off. They're very, they don't have that aura, that mysticism, right? That we we've had and not that we commanded it or built it. It was just part of who we were and how we taught and how the martial arts was. Yeah. I just, um, yes, I, I, I'll just say it that way. Yes, I agree. I, um, always came from the standpoint that I wanted people to respect my personality over my position, because if they respected my personality, they of course would respect my position. Right. And so, um, I, I will say the older individuals, even now, still nowadays, when I see them, um, I'm talking parents that had their kids with me 12, 15, 18 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What do they still call me? Mr. Brummett. Yeah. They don't call me Dwayne. Yeah. And I'll have parents at the studio, new parents call me Dwayne. Yeah. And that bothers me um, because I, I, well, it's my fault. I haven't created that culture where it's like, oh, no, 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 you. So, like, if I saw that happening to my instructor, I would go to that parent on the side. Right. And I would say, hey, by the way, you know, just as you just so you know, in the martial arts, this is how we address, uh, you know, Mr. Brummett. He, you know, right. We address him this way. Just just so you know, you know, like I would do those type of things, but I don't yeah. know that my staff would do those. And now have I told them there's been occasions that I've told them, I said, you know, like, hey, look, you need to tell this kid how he's supposed to, you know, uh, talk with me or, right, right, or, right. or, or address me. Yeah, well, we actually have that in our first Q level where it's called Shire, which in Japanese is the proper procedures on how to treat your teacher, how to bow into the school, how to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you. And all of those things are, and, and by the way, I'm taking, I take Japanese lessons every Thursday. It's one of the my most favorite times of my week, of the week. It's one hour of learning Japanese. Um, and it, it, what's interesting is that I see in the language, the culture is built from the language. So like the, or the language is built from the culture. So like, for example, they don't in Japanese really have a way to say, I hate, like, I don't, I hate French fries. You just don't like them. You don't ever say I hate them or you're, you're never disrespectful intentionally. It, it's not even written into their language. They don't even have those words in place to do that. So you could kind of see this caste system of how they act and what they say um, it is an underlining level of respect within their culture. Right. Well, so I, I remember even uh, Zig Ziglar talked about a, uh, there was a, I want to, I want to say he's called it an island, but, but, and I'll just use that term for right now, but uh, an island, a tribal, uh, an island, a tribe on an island. Right. They didn't have the word for stutter. Right. And guess what nobody did on that island? Stuttered. Interesting, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm not a scientist and I'm not qualified to, to, you know, say that that statement is 100% true. But it goes to your point with right. regards to when there isn't a word to describe those things, then those things aren't generally seen. 
Yeah. So, so I'll give you another example in my school. When I watch, I'm home. I, right now I'm facing my front monitor. I have a monitor here and a monitor there. Um, but on this monitor is oh, that I'm talking to you on right now, I normally have my, my camera system up for my dojo and I watch classes when I'm home. <clears throat> I'm not just sitting there all day long, but like if I'm working, <coughs> excuse me, if I'm working, I, um, I end up will watch the class as I'm working. And I notice like my head instructor is he's so different than I am. Like he'll walk up to a kid and just shove him and they laugh and they shove him back. And I'm like almost ready to text him and say, how dare they put their hands on you? Cause they would never do that. And I've had a kid hit me, you know, and I go, buddy, um, we don't ever touch Shion. You don't ever put your hands. You don't ever, even in, joking i know wrenchy does it but you you should never ever do that with me like i set precedence immediately so like again going back to our you know we were in our summer talk we're talking about how to set up a culture and set up you know a a type of procedure like where people don't take off they you know they play they be, participate in all the things we do if we don't set that precedence from the earliest stages which we you and i call onboarding we're never going to really set ourselves up for success because it's going to be up to the interpretation of the individual in modern day society to kind of figure out what we want. And it's never going to happen, will it? Because that's not the way we act. No, no, not at all. And so we've got to set the tone. Um, and I think, you know, look, uh, one, setting the tone, uh, two, coming up with some events and some ideas to make the, 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 the summer exciting, yeah. um, you know, be it the summer fun days that we talked about being at the kickball or, or wiffle yeah. ball. And by the way, kickball was much more, was much better received than wiffle ball. Um, oh, a, lot yeah. of kids, a lot of kids can't hit a ball, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I feel for him cause I sucked at baseball. So I know how it felt oh, wow. when I was up to bat and, and I would strike out all the time and, and then yeah. come back to the dugout and, you know, get teased. So I, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But so, so yeah, so everything you're saying is about that setting the, the tone for motivation, you know, doing things that create them to want to come instead of have to come. Parents say, hey, we're going to take a break. Oh, no, mom, I don't want to take a break. Like I had a parent the other day uh, that texted me and said, we're going to be a little late. Is that okay? And I'm like, sure. Well, they said, I understand if you say no, but we my son wants to be there so bad, but we were stuck at hockey practice and we were in traffic. So I'm like, no, I love the fact that he cares that much. Like I'd rather not discourage them. Oh, so yeah. we have to really, so, and I think it's about like in the lulls, here's one other tip that I have in the slow times, that's the time that we should set goals for them so that maybe they won't take a break because they're working on their next set of techniques for their next belt. Well, and you also could, this is a great opportunity for some schools. We, we, we don't do it just because of the way the structure that we have, but there are some schools that do it is double promote in the summer. Right. You know, so you actually can earn two belts in the summer. Um, if you put in the work and you're able to know the information. And so that's just another opportunity as well. So, so let me understand that better. So like they can, if they're practicing and they're making their classes and they learn their material, you'll allow them to progress a little bit quicker during the time where everyone else is taking a break and being lazy. Yeah. So yeah. how do you do that without looking like a belt factory, a McDojo, you know, or, or a sales machine or just trying to do stuff and rank has no meaning or how do you, how do you sell? Yeah, well, but uh, 
you, you, you keep to your standards. If they don't know it, then they, they don't earn that second belt. They only earn the, right. the, the first one. If, if that, so, right. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I've never done it. Right. I've, I've never done it, but I'm just speaking if that, if, if I did do it and I, and I've known some schools that have done double promotions in the summer just right. to, you know, keep people coming and, and uh, be, keep the motivation up and those type of things. Now, the biggest reason I've never done it is because the structure that I've created doesn't necessarily allow that unless they did extra private lessons Two, right. Unless I could come up with a way to say, um, all right, yes, you can do that, but you also owe us for three months of training. <laughs> right. Right. You know, that type of thing, because, uh, you know, you'd be losing out on three months of money. Right. So I, I think, though, that, too, that like I love what you said, though, that there's a standard still built into all of this. No, no way would anyone get a belt when they didn't deserve it. So like if they want it, they could work hard for it. So that means they have to come more often during the slow times to achieve what they're going to achieve. But if not, it's not like a giveaway, a freebie or anything no. like that. No. And, you know, look, I mean, I've been called a belt factory before by by other school owners and other martial artists in our town anyways. But my camera keeps going out of focus. But um, I, I don't care. I, I don't care. So I'm not worried about that. I would just only worry about my own constituents saying those things. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So. Again, you, you want your people to be happy just that, you, you know, and, and the quality like you want to be able to walk away yourself saying, hey, I'm I'm promoting or pr- producing good martial arts students at the yep. end of the day. So, okay. So, and we're kind of, we have like 13 minutes left. So one person wrote, I never discourage with adult students about being late at their jobs because uh, jobs does cause problems, but encourage them that they at least show up with notification that they will be late. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I love that. So you were going to say something, Dwayne? No, uh-uh. I, I just, um, yeah, I, I just think it's important to, make the summers as fun and as, as eventful as you possibly can. Um, just coming, even just outside the box ideas uh, would really be good too, to have, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, like I said, those uh, summer fun things, um, you know, different parties, different events that you bring people in uh, yeah. like the picnic that I talked about, you know, just, I mean, all those things. I've always done when you said parties, I for, I haven't done it in years, one, because of COVID and we even stopped soon uh, way before that. But um, every year we used to do a luau at my school and, and we would, you know, we had one parent who'd bring in all the barbecue equipment and then we'd have a DJ, we'd rent a DJ and then we'd have, we even had one part where they had like a bouncy house and then a hockey rink and one of the people knew an islander a f- hockey player and he came and sh- showed people how to play and etc etc but um we would always just do this free party just to gather and have people you know have people you know uh spend time with like-minded friends and people that that again creates the culture right that's what brings people together like that makes them a part of a family uh, you know, where they're like brothers in arms and so on and so forth. That's the, that's the key is, and then you got to really define what, what type of atmosphere that you want to have and then play off of that. So like, for instance, Kenny Bigby, you know, one of our friends, a former Navy SEAL, right. Um, 
you know, his whole thing is it's, it's a team, it's a team atmosphere, kind of like the seals, the seals team. So everything has to do with being a team. Um, right. You know, for us, it's more, it's, it's a family where you're part of the TriStar family. Um, right. 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 So you just need to take, take the, you know, really who you are and, and what you want as your culture and then come up with ideas that fit um, those things. I mean, I thought, doing kickball was an out of the box idea right, really right you know has nothing to do with karate i guess kicking oh. but it has nothing to do with karate it's just something fun to get together have family time with your tri-star family and then you know go enjoy the weekend i love it i love it so i hope people got a lot out of this call we had a lot of interaction all the way from bermuda to uh new orleans uh you know so there's a lot of people on here today it's uh, exciting to have them there and um, I know we have to get going. So you're going to play the outro. You had any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I was going to just say, um, it, you know, as you're watching this, so uh, if, if you have any ideas that you're doing for the summer, you know, uh, put them in the thread here on, on our Facebook page. Or if you are, you know, listening to this later on, um, you know, on uh, schoolownertalk.com or even through the podcast and stuff, go to schoolownertalk.com, go to this episode. Um, what is this, 218? Mm, yeah, I think so, yes. 300, 318. 318, yeah. Sorry, I said 200. And, and then put some comments in there, what you're doing this summer uh, in order to make things much more eventful. And then we can share that with, uh, with everybody, all the listeners too. Yeah, I love it. I love interaction. Anybody have any posts and anything they want to say or questions to ask, please post it on our page. We still have about a thousand members in our group. So that'd be really cool to see you interact more. And don't forget, you could check us out on YouTube. You could check us out on um, Instagram, not Instagram, on uh, Facebook for the videos. And then iTunes through our website at Martial Arts School Owner Talk or schoolownertalk.com. Yeah, schoolownertalk.com. Yeah. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we were off for a little while. That's partially because I was sick. So um, I appreciate you guys being patient. And Dwayne, it's great to see you and be back with you and and uh, all the listeners and uh, fans of our, our you know broadcast. Nice to see you, sir. Have a good great. day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.